Go for your life. <laughs> I found so I found the the thing to turn the thing back on, mm-hmm. but then when the thing was on, the other thing still wouldn't load. But okay. then it loaded, and I don't know what the fuck's happening. But it's on now, so we're just going to assume everything's good, and I'll fucking I'll work out what what the problem was later. Yeah, man, let's let's fucking rage and worry about fucking problems later. You get your own goddamn cornbread. So we're on it. We're doing it. We're, we're we're doing a thing. Yeah, we should do make it official. Welcome to Phil and Dave's excellent adventure. But yeah. welcome, welcome to Phil and Dave's excellent adventure, where we talk about uh, all things rock and metal and a lot of other bullshit in between. I am not Phil, and I am similarly not Dave. That's really hard to say when your tongue doesn't work. Do you mean like due to booze, or does your tongue? Have you just got a shit tongue? No, I think my tongue's generally actually quite good. It's just when I'm drunk, it it's the first thing to go. First thing to go, I find, is motor function. What's motor function? Like, um, fine motor function. Like, I can't play guitar when I'm shit-faced. I can't um, use a knife and fork properly when I'm shit-faced. <laughs> silly things like that. Yeah, I was just struggling to hit my face with my curry just then, so that was... Yeah, that's it, man. That's exactly what I mean. You've got food on the <laughs> fork, and you know where your mouth is, but you bring it towards your eye in, or to your cheek or something instead. Yeah, I don't but know. You know it was like, doing it. It was like I was trying to feed my beard. Like I say, like I don't know how much fucking curry is in my beard. Before we talk rock and metal, yeah. we, generally, we generally just talk about shit that we've done this week, but we only cast pod on Tuesday... And now it's t- like t- date of recording today is uh, it was like the twenty eighth when we did it last. It's the second of May now, so not many days have passed in between. I'm not going to lie, Phil. Apart from the stuff I've done, like immediately today, I've got fuck all to, to tell. Well, I've just been at work. Let me regale you of a story. Oh, is so- it about when you found the jazz mag? I can do. I can tell you that story. It's not very long or particularly exciting, but it's a thing. Is the story so, I found the jazz bag? Yeah, but let me build it up a bit and, and <laughs> give it some fucking bells and whistles. Right. <laughs> so let me cast your minds back to the early 1990s. Mm. There was a. I remember uh, it well. Yeah. There, there was a, a precedent set that. Any woods you would go into, forestry you would yep. go into, you would find in one bush or other a, at least one page from a porn mag. Yeah. Preferably, there was, you know, multiple there, pages or an entire magazine. There were always certain spots that you were almost guaranteed to find a wank mag. Yeah. Like you knew as a young teen that if you if you wanted to see some fanny, head to a lay-by where there's a bin, and it won't be in the bin, there will be a jazz mag behind the bin. Yeah. Between um, hay bales? Did you did you grow up? It was quite rural where you were, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not saying... I can't honestly say that I found any in between hay bales, because I'm not generally... I, don't, I didn't, Regardless of the fact that I grew up basically surrounded entirely by farms, I didn't spend a lot of time in farms myself. Bav of Bav and Fluff Screammasters, his dad yeah, yeah. Uh, used to run a farm, and um, me and him used to spend days up there in the summer holidays and stuff, fucking around on a quad bike and doing uh-huh. all sorts of stuff. And there was always wank mags. There was proper jazz material right. stuffed in between hay bales all the time. 
Well, let, let me, let me, in, in that case, I, I might as well fucking turn this into a fucking diatribe. So back in the day, when I was at school, I had some friends. So one one of my friends, Tom, um, we used to go and hang out at his uh, granddad's farm. He had right. a, what do you call it, um, like a static caravan. We used, okay, to stop, yeah, yeah. Like, we used to stop over there and then hang out <coughs> at, uh, nice. And hang out at the um, the campground, and you know, make friends and stuff, and go fishing and chill out, and hit some golf balls, random shit. And it was a good time. What did you hit golf balls with? Golf club. Weirdly enough. Well, that's a bit boring and ordinary, but carry on. Yeah, I was hoping you were um, going to say like sheep, <laughs> picking so, sheep up. So that's my farming stories. Uh, so Ooh. I did I did occasionally hang out on farms, but not often. Some of my friends were farmers or family of farmers. Um, yeah, but I also had another friend called Tim and a different friend called Tim Tom. Tim and Tom? Well, Tim I had and two, two Toms? I had hundreds of friends called Tom. Tom is a very common name in my neck of the woods. Um, when I was at school, I remember being in a class with four fills, weirdly enough. How many fills do you know? Like right now, off yeah. the top of my head, four, including you. That's off I the top I'm, of my head, though. Off the top of my head, I think I only know two. I know me and Big Phil off the top of my head. There's you and Big Phil. You remember, you know Carl? Uh, yeah. Big Carl, his old business partner, Kirsty. Her boyfriend is called Phil, and I've got an uncle, Phil. Okay. Well, I That's know right neither of those off, people, so it's better. Right off barely... the top of my head. If yeah. I thought about it, I bet I know fucking loads. But what do you think it's like uh, being Dave? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not a lot of Phil's, but I ended up in a class, 30 people, four of which were called Phil. How weird is that? It's pretty fucking uh, maybe, weird. Maybe, I think it was a common name, like, among our generation. I went to school with a lot yeah, of Yeah, but why? Because, like, whenever I talk to people, they always say it's an old people's name. I'm like, I'm not that really? fucking old. Yeah. I, I like, see you see people... That. You see people like on shows, like when you see them on TV shows, usually Phil, apart from Phil Mitchell, they're usually like fairly <laughs> aged gentlemen. Anyway, that aside, so I had these other friends called Tim and Tom. Uh, and we went on uh, like school, used to do this thing every year called outdoor ed. Do you know anything like, like, so you, outdoor education? So you'd go like um, camping and you'd do like a bit of raft building and boating and. Yeah, I think like, uh, climb a rope bridges and was shit. Was it what? Did, what was there was a name? For, was it orienteering or something? Yeah, some shit like that. Stuff like that. Yeah, orienteering is like um, you know, like uh, you look at a map and you've got to find this point and then that point and that point, and it's it's kind of like a scavenger hunt, but with no fucking prize. Um, wow, when you say it like that, it makes it sound really fucking depressing. Yeah, just out yeah. out in the woods with no reason. <laughs> I like that, but that's it. I liked, I, I enjoyed doing it, but there was no point to it. Is the is the problem? Yeah. But my friend, so my friend Tim, um, he, I don't know. He, he either he didn't like me, or he really liked Tom to the point where he didn't want me to go on outdoor ed and be part of their group. So, right. a couple of weeks before, we'd been into, um, we'd broken into this caravan near his house that was in okay. the middle of this field that was full of fucking jazz mugs. So <laughs> nice. So we each took some jazz mugs and I happened to have some in my bag. And this day, this should have fucking alerted me to the situation. This day he'd said, Hey Phil, do you want to show me those jazz mugs? 
And I was like, uh, okay. So I showed him them. Um, and then I put them back in my bag. And I thought nothing of it. But he'd asked me specifically so I knew if I had them with me. So he could dob me in to try and get me banned from the trip. And then they took me into... Why would you do what, what kind of a cunt would do that? A massive cunt. Dislike the dude. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean he might be a dude now. He might be all right now. But like at the time, he was like, what the fuck, man? Not right there. Apparently. Yeah, but I mean, he also, he might be a rapist as well. I well, mean, if we're just speculating. Apparently, he chased my friends around his house with a loaded shotgun as well. But that's by the by. Whoa. Um. Anyway, so that's just an apparently. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, so I got hauled into the head of year's office, who happens to also be the head of RE. Um, and religious people aren't generally, <laughs> they're, not, they're not generally known for their acceptance of people imbibing in porn mags and such. So, Unless it's child porn. Yeah, exactly. And this wasn't, this was just normal porn. So no. they were like, what the fuck what kind of freak looks at normal teas? Um, <laughs> so, so she's like, oh man. She's like, I, I find all of this very offensive and disgusting and black. I'm like, well, of course you do. A, you're a female. B, you're probably a lesbian. Ari, she's going to be a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and, and C, you know, it's not for you. It's in my fucking bag. It's for my fucking yeah. 17, 16, 15, however old I was, year old mates. But yeah, so he tried to get me banned. I got some shit. My mum got a letter sent home. Uh, which was cool. Uh, <laughs> and then I didn't what did even... What say? Uh, just letting them know that I'd been found with what I'd been found with. She was there thumbing through the fucking thing while I was in the room with her as well. I was like, what is Your this? Your mum was? No, not my mum. the RE teacher. The RE teacher. Um, yeah, she'll be making get... a mental note. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, she put it back in a drawer. Of course she did, because she was faffing about it later. But... um. I didn't, I didn't Mad even fat. get a band. Like, I, I still went on Outdoor Ed. It wasn't even a fucking thing. It was just some bullshit. And she was like, oh, but you've got to be careful because Black Mark's going your permanent record forever. And I'm like, at the time, I thought, shit, permanent record. And now I think, what the fuck? Who even cares? School, fuck off. Yeah, man, I, I was never a fan of, of school. Mm. I always did okay. I was ne I never enjoyed it. I mean, I had friends and stuff, but I never, I did. I just never like got into the whole idea that I appreciated it was important, but I never really understood the idea of like, oh, it's best days of your life. Is it? Yeah, really. No, Being I appreciate like a it. Fucking prisoner. I appreciated it. it was important because I got told constantly that it was important that I did well on my GCSEs. And I did okay on my GCSEs. Which were not important. Well, this is it. And, I, you know, if I'd have actually applied myself, I could have done fucking awesome on my GCSEs. But I gave zero fucks, and I was high most of the time. So I didn't see the point. Um, but anyway, by the by, flash forward to 2020. Um, to our younger listeners, you might not even realize what a fucking porn mag is. Because they don't generally have them a lot now. Um <laughs> I like the picture, dude. Thank you. <laughs> as soon as I... <laughs> Dave has just sent me a photograph of um, some dude with like the worst haircut I've ever seen in my fucking life. Um, where was I? But yeah, 2020. 
a porn a pornographic magazine is a magazine as as you would expect that basically it looks like Pornhub but in paper form. Yeah, it's imagine a magazine. What did a magazine's even a thing anymore? Like for kids, I mean, people of our age will buy magazines. Do, do kids buy magazines now? I'm not a hundred percent sure. They've probably got SpongeBob magazine and things like that that still go about. Well, I kids, don't really know. Yeah, my my kids are of an age range where you'd think I'd have seen it if they do, like nine, eleven, and seventeen. And I don't remember the last time a magazine came in my house. Like when Ethan was really little, he loved like the Lego Ninjago magazine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he got a toy with it. Yeah, he wanted the toy. He didn't give a fuck about. He ain't gonna read for fun. No, he's not weird. Is Annabelle? She loves reading. Like she genuinely enjoys it. So but she is weird. Enjoy, she is weird. But people who enjoy reading aren't reading fucking magazines. They're reading books. Upon. Well, in that case, I fucking love reading. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, flash forward to twenty twenty, and I left work to uh, start my um, my round the other day at the old uh, delivery office, and then. Um, I find that so there's like a, a grassy a grassy knoll where generally is dumped um the kind of stuff you'd find in a charity shop, like clothes you'd find in a charity shop that people can't actually get into the charity shop or they just want to discard. It's fly tipping. Yeah, essentially. Um whereas a mattress that has obviously in fly tip next to which is a bag of clothes which is obviously fly tipped and on top of this um uh, mattress is an open porn mag with a woman called Katrina spreading her lips for a lady to lick. They're always they've, they've always got names like Katrina. Yeah, she's it's def- never it's never Linda or no. Tracy. You know what I mean? It's it's always like Katrina, Sophia. Yeah, you know, Corinne. Yeah, kind of moderately exotic, but not so far to the point where. You give somebody the wrong ethnicity by giving them a name. Oh yeah, complete. I think back in the nineties when they were doing this, it was like these women had come in and they'd need uh, a stage name of sorts, mm. but they couldn't give them a name that was so ridiculous it was obviously fake. Yeah. So they gave they they would name them. They must. I don't know, man. They must have had a directory of of like moderately exotic names to give to white <laughs> to give to white women in their twenties. You know what I mean? Yeah. White college students who are trying to get through college but can't quite afford yeah. it. What do you think when people judge the women in their magazines and stuff? Well, maybe not the women in their magazines, because like quite often the women in their magazines are making you know porn movies and whatnot as well. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not judging. It's I don't give a fuck if they're happy in the safe. What's it got to do with me? Just, I can I just stop you a second? Can you hear my wife downstairs? Yeah, man. Fucking hell, yeah, I, man. I keep hearing a laugh. Door's closed. She's <laughs> downstairs and you can still hear this shit. That's crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I can hear a laugh, man. But that's good because it's like a laughter track. <laughs> if we can time it right, if I can tell a joke and then she laughs at least once in the next however long we're doing this, Bullocks, then I reckon we've got a winner. It'll sound like a canned laughing. Did you hear track. my cat then? No. Is the cat laughing? No, my cat just fucking hissed at me because I picked it up and lifted it off the table. It goes fucking batshit at me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you in my I'm te- room. I'm generally terrified of it any time that I'm like touching it because I'm like, if I stroke it, I'm like, this could be cool for any amount of time. But then. Now and again, she'll just go, no, I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to fucking take a swipe and yeah. I'm shit in cats, my pants. 
Cats be fucking temperamental, man, because they'll be they'll love it one minute, but there's no build up. There's no. No, you're just um, like I'm done with this shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Get your fucking hands off me. Who do? You, what do you think? I'm here for your pleasure, and they just fucking <laughs> go at you. There's I no ain't that kind of around. pussy, man. <laughs> there is no fucking around with a cat. No fucking around. So, um, yeah, porn mugs in um, porn mugs are still a thing, apparently. Yeah, so I was, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think it was someone like, of of what? So, like, uh, porn aside, what do you think of strippers? Um, Because I I know a lot of people that think if you're a stripper, like, well, not me, obviously. I haven't got the body for it. But if female stripper, like, if you met a girl who was a teenager, like 19 or early 20s, and she was a stripper... There's stigma that goes with that job. Well, we you did. We I mean? had a friend called Haley. She was working at Privilege in Scarborough. And Lisa. Lisa worked at Privilege. I don't know well. Lisa. Yeah, it might have been before you were there, actually, thinking about it. But, yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, as far as stigmas go, I don't think any less of them for it. If anything, I'm like, that's pretty fucking hot. Um, I th- I, even the hot thing aside, you know, honestly, I've got a lot of respect for someone who thinks I need a job. What hours can I work? Because all the ones, all the strippers I've known were students when they got into it, and they might have yeah. carried it on afterwards. But it's like I need a job. I need to earn a lot of money um, in the hours that suit. Um, I can't work during the day. I, I'm confident. I'll take my clothes off. And you know what really pisses me off is when people say, "Well, it's exploiting women." They, there's no stigma against the woman. It's exploiting women. I'm like, no, it isn't. Is it fuck? It's so empowering to it. It's exploiting men, getting their yeah. wallets out to see a pair of tits. The men are the ones being exploited, but they go into it completely of their own um, volition. It. It's... They know they're going to go in there and spend the fucking wad. So what difference? Exactly. So who gives a fuck? Who? Why would you waste your time worrying about you know being offended on behalf of strippers or behalf of other people because there are I strippers? Know. I don't understand offence, man. I just don't. No, get I don't it. get it. Anyone who listens to this may have noticed we're not particularly uh, up on what is or is not offensive. We just can't say what we think's funny. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! So what? Um, what have you been doing other than? Randomly finding like outdoor wank setups. Well, because that the fact that it's on a mattress with fucking pillars and a cover. No, that's what I'm some saying. Some motherfuckers it's weird live shit. in there. It's that weird is an shit. outdoor communal wank zone. Um, work's been a bit weird. On top of that, they've they've decided um, at my work that they don't want to deliver mail on a Saturday anymore for the time being until the the pandemic, the fun yeah, pandemic's just like, over. Only work when uh, when it's absolutely necessary. That's I what? guess that's no, no, kind no, no, of no. what. That, that's not even it. I still had to go out today. I just I was only delivering parcels. I wasn't delivering mail, so it means that I've got twice as much mail to deliver on Monday. So it's what's, weird. What the fuck is the point now? If you're out delivering, I don't anyway. know. I don't know. It's crazy. Do you reckon it's that's, that might be? Uh, I don't think we got any mail today. You know, but we did. No, get you two won't parcels. have got any. Yeah, that's it. You won't get any post on a Saturday. Nobody gets any post on a Saturday. They announced it in the mail. In the, the um, I don't know, but they announced it in the mail the other uh, in the mail. Fucking hell, in the uh, news the other day, which basically means they're tied into it because if they go back on it, everybody thinks Royal Mail is a cunt. 
So right now we we're not delivering mail, even though it's a London thing essentially. And well, yeah, but north, it's not really the UK, isn't it? Well, yeah. To recall back, it seems to be. Yeah, man. What a dickhead. Anyway, dickhead. Um, so yeah, so that was a bit weird. Um, it's been pretty busy, but I'm I'm loving life. Um, I've been practicing guitar a lot on my evenings and drums a lot on my mornings before I go to work. What What have you been? Um, what have you been playing? What's What's your jams guitar wise? Well, I'm trying to so. I start off um, just doing major scale and minor scale up and down the neck nice. uh, just to kind of warm my fingers up. And then I've got these books that I got back in the nineties. So I'm just working through them. They're, they're um, so uh, do you know Diagnosti? They do like, um, my, you know, those yeah, yeah, yeah. pay by the month magazines or whatever. Um, yeah. um, so they, they do like build your own, skeleton of a spider and shit like that and one of yeah, them they yeah. did was a guitar one um, and i got it back in the 90s so i've been just working my way through that i'm on like number 19 i'm just working through them every day i'll do one or two books and just kind of see where i get to um so that's pretty fun um but also just kind of jamming out some some riffs that i get off the top of my head when i get bored of that um cool well, yeah, I, I, mainly I'm trying to just kind of strengthen my fingers up because my my um, finger positioning and stuff's always been pretty bad. I've always been, I want to be able to shred, but I hold the guitar like a blues player, so my thumbs on top of the neck, and I'm. I do that the way with the thumb. Yeah, it's the only way I can bend usually. But I feel like if I practice enough, then eventually I'll get strong enough fingers that I'll be able to bend it. You know, like like yeah. fucking Paul Gilbert and shit. I'm I'm just not quick enough for shred, but I've put a lot of work into not even like you know not like since I've been playing guitar I've always concentrated on it, but just I guess even subconsciously I think it's with playing with Daz his vibrato is almost perfect like mm. where he can he can bend like a a two step bend and and find that vibrato every time like he never drops it never does it wrong and i've kind of had to do that to keep up with him there's a fuck and ton noticed... easier to bend on a fucking gibson oh without a doubt but when i'm despite the fact like even when he's using his less pull he's with he's on tens mm -hmm. uh, and occasionally he puts nines on it and his ibanez is always eights or nines yeah Whereas I'm like 10 to 52, if not 11 to 52 across the board. So I'm going to have a harder time bending. But I've I've noticed, Whoa. you know what? I mentioned, what's that? A harder time bending. <laughs> Title of my sex tape. But um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, last time I talked about those jam videos that I was. Yeah, man. I became like. So they upload, a, yeah, they upload a track and you jam along to it. That's right, and I, I became kind of briefly obsessed with the idea that I had to post a jam every day. And I've, I've stepped back from it now. I haven't put anything on since last weekend. A couple of tracks have come up where I've been thinking, like, yeah, if I get time, I wouldn't mind jamming along with that, but the time didn't come up, so I just didn't bother, you know. Um, if I find time, I'll do it, but I've got to try and keep it casually, or I, I just get too... Obsessive. Well, we talked about yeah, we talked about this last time. But what I have noticed is when I watch those videos back, I had a lot of comments about my uh, vibrato and bending, 
and I was like, well, I'd never really noticed it myself. Yeah, yeah, very positive. Yeah, that was some of my main, because I don't play fast at all. I'm not a a speed guy. Um, I got a lot of uh, consistent praise on how melodic I was, like how musical. I wasn't just slamming uh, licks and runs in for no reason. I wasn't particularly lick heavy in terms of, you know, um, kind of signature licks that certain guitarists have. I was more, it was always very melodic. It was very musical. And the bends and the vibrato were always good. That's yeah. like the consistent compliments that I got across everything I posted. But it's not something that I'd ever been aware of in my own playing. So uh-huh. I went I went back and watched some, because obviously I've still got them on, uh, on the dive pad. And I, I went and back and watched some of the videos. And I thought, it's not, I mean, I even watched one of them without uh, the sound on. Because it, it was about watching what my fingers were doing and how fluid I looked and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and I've noticed, I don't look at the neck as often as I thought I did. Um, but when I do, I stiffen right up. So maybe it's best if I try not to look at the neck. Because normally do I... Do you know, I'd... weirdly enough, um, when I'm playing... I mean, I'm not any great player by any means. But when I'm you playing my scales... You can knock I can but when I'm playing my scales, I fuck up a lot more when I'm concentrating and looking at it. When I'm actually just closing my eyes and thinking about what shape my fingers should be making. Yeah, man. That's when I'm fine. I can go up and down the neck fine. But when I'm actually looking at it and concentrating, like all the time, I, I don't know what it is. It's when I'm, when I go up the uh, major scale is fine. When I come back down, there's always a one bum note that I hit. And I'm like, why? Why do I always hit that fucking note? But then when I close my eyes, I'm like, it's fine. That's the thing. That's exactly it. Like I'm, I was unaware that that how fluid I was. Um, like I say, even watching it with the volume off, so I'm paying attention only to the to the movements, mainly in the left hand, uh, in in the fretting hand, because if I watch my right hand, I appear very disjointed. I I up pick more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. So, but to see that it doesn't feel uncomfortable, but to watch myself doing it, it's it, it doesn't look weird. right. You know what right. I mean. So, so I try to ignore what I'm picking. Bollocks! But I, um, I noticed how I do look a lot more fluid on my fretting hand than I thought I I would. But the thing I noticed after, like I say, after people commenting on it, um, it it was the vibrato and stuff uh, that I noticed. I appear very comfortable in that, you know? And if I'm honest, it was quite a shock because I've never been very good at, like, bending a note up and holding a vibrato. Yeah. If, I, if I've if i got a bend like a step up, if I'm bending a full-tone bend and putting vibrato on, I would almost always bend it down. Right. Um, but because I've been doing these, these jams and there's a lot of lead involved, of it, and I'm not a lead player... I found that I'm I'm bending up because I'm bending on like the E and the B string. So you, you have to bend up. You haven't got the room to bend down and I'm still putting that vibrato on. So I was quite surprised, like pleasantly surprised. At I, that. I pretty much always bend up. I don't know why I, I, I struggle to bend down. I am exactly the opposite, but I've found, like I say, just recently it appears that I can bend up and I just hadn't realized, you know what I mean? I've kind of, it's something that I must have been forced to learn subconsciously. Yeah, 
But it's like you were saying, if you think about it, if I if I sit with a guitar now and think, right, I'll bend that note up to see how much I can put the vibrato on, it will be wrong and the vibrato will be yeah. all wrong. But if I'm just playing along and it requires a bend up rather than down because of its position, you know, de dependent on the string you're like playing. Like if it's on a high string. Exactly. So if it requires that upward bend, if I'm just playing it as part of a piece, I'll bend it perfectly and I'll add the vibrato and it will look and sound correct. But if I... yeah try to do that like i need to practice up bends of a brow i fuck it up every time yeah well that's i mean i think i seem to do a lot of things backwards because it's like um when i'm doing like um uh tapping and stuff like that i i can tap Masturbating. <laughs> when i'm tapping the neck of the guitar um i can tap Tapping the neck sorry what do you mean just oh, tapping. Tap Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So I tapping. I can go up. So I could go doodly, 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 doodly. Fine. But diddly, diddly, diddly. I can't do stuff downwards, which everybody seems to find pull offs easier, but I find tapping up easier, a lot easier. Um, so, like, for instance, Tim, my guitarist in my band, he'll go doodly, 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 fairly, like, not massively quickly, but okay but he can't do which i can do like all day super fast it's weird it's like how i'm just thinking about tapping like i can do like um eruption and stuff like that's kind of easier for me than stuff like he like my band will play stuff um for instance um like Northland stuff where there's like taps going all over the place. Yeah, and they're, but the thing is they're tapping across strings. Exactly. Too, and which I can't is ten times more exactly, difficult. Exactly. I can't than... do stuff like that, but I I can't even I've never tried it, so I can't even get my head mm. around how it would work so much. See, I, I have tried that kind of thing. But again, I, I know I keep saying it, but I'm I'm not a lead player. So all these lead techniques to me are things that I've done on and off over the years, but nothing that I've nothing ever mastered. You've concentrated you know what I mean? On, yeah. Uh, yeah, completely. I, I am a rhythm player through and through. And it comes from being a front man in almost every band I've ever been yeah, in. Every time I've been on stage with a guitar. Exactly. I've always got the guitar strapped to me and a mic right in front of me. So I've I've never really given it the attention I probably should have because I find when I do give it that attention, although I can't necessarily play fast, um, like physically I'm just not built to move that way. I have got faster um, through, again, playing with Daz. He's forced me to be a better lead player because he likes when we play together and harmonize and stuff. Yeah. But And I can I can hold my own. But I'm not the guy that can just sit. I'm not that lead guy that can sit and say like, uh, "Oh, I'll drop a solo in there." I have to write a solo and plan it, yeah, and I'm the learn same. it, and play it the same. You know, improv is not my jam. No, not at all, not at all. But maybe one day. But I've not really concentrated on it. You know, my lead is not something I've I've, I've ever kind of concentrated particularly on. If I've ever played I, a guitar, I've been singing at the same time. Yeah, that's it, man. And that's the thing. It, it's not that it holds you back because it's a different skill altogether. And that's the point. It's not that it makes you... Did you hear my cat then? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what she does. Like, I'll be sat there stroking her and all of a sudden she's just like, no, nah, I've had enough of that shit. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she sounds um, fucking evil as well, doesn't she? Yeah, I did. It took, it was right until the end. I didn't know what 
that noise was, and then was, I realised it was a cat. Yeah, it's, it it's started. It wasn't cat like. Yeah, it wasn't cat like when is, it started. I can do that, and it won't offend her because she's deaf as well as having no nose. But she's now she's now asleep on my knee, so it's not like she's like fuck you, I'm off. She's just laying down and gone to sleep on me now. So I can't yeah, fucking move because like, I'm going to fucking yeah. try and move her and she's going to claw the shit out of me. That's it. It's I can do what I want. You will do as you're told. In it? I've told. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the, the, the tapping thing, I can only tap uh, four note runs. Right. Like, um, yeah. yeah, but triplet tapping, like, I, my, so when you tap, you would, with your right hand, you hit one note, hammer it, pull it off. That's, you know what I mean? That's yeah. your, your, on your left hand, on your fretting hand, you're holding one note solid and you're tapping with one other finger, you're hammering with one other finger. Yeah. When you do the triple, your for some reason my middle finger comes back up like i'm doing a four note tap every time so i, I end up going into a four note tap when i'm trying I'm to do a triple opposite. i'm the opposite it's like i can do threes but not fours fours to me just seem more logical because your fingers are moving out of sequence with each other that nothing's touching the board at the same time do you know what i mean right. whereas with a with a triplet they they come on at the same time and come off separately, and it's that coming on at the same time that I can't do. I end up slipping into a into a four note. Hey Dave. Hey Phil. We talked about playing guitar for a long time. Should we move on to something else now? Let's do it. So tell me, we have a new feature. Yeah, we do. What have we? What 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 did I message you about the other day? And we've we've implemented. So you said you said to me it would be a cool idea if we took two albums, um, like one reasonably old and one reasonably new, or more modern at least. And you said um, it'd be cool if we talked about each because it not like as reviews, just because it there'd be a running idea of comparison, like old metal, new metal. Yeah, more modern now. Yeah, uh, like not I, even what, super old with these ones. It's like no, not at all, like not at all. But what? I, uh, 2012 to 2012, right? Eight years, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what I suggested was it would be cool uh, if not every time, but now and then, if we chose two albums by the same band, like a very early record, if they've had a big run, an early record and a more modern record, and talk about how they sound either different or the same or whatever yeah. so what we thought would be fun for this first one last time we talked about the viscera record that's just come out yeah uh Obsidian. which i hadn't listened to but I have since yeah because uh, well that's the thing you said you hadn't listened to it at the time but we we've talked about viscera on and off quite a bit because they're a reasonably new band well they they've just put their first record out uh last month uh obsidian and well, it's oh, fucking. It's, it was awesome. It's a fucking great record. Yeah, man. So we thought that'd be a good. He's on the front cover and everything. I actually haven't looked at the artwork at all. I have not even glanced at it. But what we thought would be cool because Jamie, who's the uh, singer, the vocalist in uh, Viscera, he was the vocalist uh, for Heart of a Coward, which again we've we've mentioned before. So we thought it'd be cool to compare Heart of a Coward to Viscera, and just talk about that so we chose the first heart of a coward record which was hope and hindrance from 2012 yeah. 
which um, is the first album that had Jamie on it. The, the first um, Heart of a Coward album that had Jamie on it. Well, to be fair, it was their first album, wasn't it? Because yeah. before that, they'd Cry, only done an EP. Yeah, which had the, I don't know who he is, um, but he's more of a kind of like a hardcore vocalist. It's like screamy. Yeah, very like much. Yeah, brutal. To be fair, I had trouble finding that first EP. It's not on Spotify. I had to go elsewhere to find it, but not for these purposes. Like, so Hope and Hindrance by Heart of a Coward was released in 2012. It was their first full length, and it was also the first, as you say, with Jamie. Uh, and just last month in 2020, April of 2020, or it, I might be wrong. It might be March actually. Obsidian. Um, was the first record dropped by Viscera uh, yeah. again with him as the frontman? So you are far more familiar with Heart of a Coward than I am, but that particular record I have listened to quite a bit. So why don't you start us off? What's what are your immediate thoughts on either both or one album or the other? Or <laughs> um, well, Killing Fields, I, I um. And no, I, I can't be asked to go through track by track. We're not doing that kind of shit. But Hope and Hindrance, I would say it's got it's a lot catchier in that it's got definite elements that are meant to stick out and sound yeah. like they're, more, they're meant to grab you. And like um, Around the Girl in 80 Days, We Stand as One, um, Shit. You know, Around the Girl in 80 Days, that's track three, yeah. I think. And you know that that was the one that struck me as the most viscera like. I guess it's kind of the heaviest one, but it's weird. It's so yeah, like, vis viscera. I mean, Heart of a Coward are heavy and genty and detuned and whatnot. Yeah, but it's a different kind of band, and I didn't expect very it to be as different as it was. Like um, viscera, viscera is heavier. Yeah, it's, it's more. It's it's, there's a lot more death metal and black metal elements. Yeah, without a doubt. Without There's like a, a lot more like fast double pedal stuff. And do you know my my overriding thought among like before going into you know specific elements or whatever? My overriding thought after listening to each record back to back was how, and it, I don't mean this as like an insult, but hope and hindrance is is so it's it's they play with timings more. Mm -hmm. They've attempted to be more. Um, not progressive. I, I guess they've attempted to be a bit more tech. There is proggy elements to it. I mean, the yeah, first yeah. album especially, like after that, the kind of, the timings weren't really messed around with as much. After that, it's kind of, it's all far far with polyrhythms over the top of it. But, well, you see this, that polyrhythm thing again, though, is an example of what I'm talking about. These They've got that element in, in there, but viscera don't do that at all they're very kind of no. straightforward super heavy but viscera sounds more grown up like heart of yeah. a coward is of a time or at least hope and hindrance is of a time you couldn't listen to that and think it just came out it sounds no. like like uh early 2010s uh influenced metal whereas viscera you could have told me that that came out in the 90s and I'd believe yeah. it. it just sounds like a more rounded, grown up, and it's it's but oddly as heavy and more, for want of a better term, as evil as it sounds. The heart of a coward stuff is kind of darker. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I it's like an odd juxtaposition, I think, between the two. How one is more again, for want of a better term, the heart of a coward stuff is a touch more immature. Um, like they're they're making the tech. 
statement sounded like, well, this is what metal bands do now. Whereas Viscera is just fuck what metal bands do now. This is what we want to do. I get where you're coming from. I I think this, so hope and hindrance is like like I say, it's it's more accessible. I think there's there's poppier elements to it. There's um it's definitely like the they're thinking about the audience. Yeah, very much like the gang vocal thing. Yeah. Whereas um I think Obsidian sounds like, like you say, kind of fuck what people are expecting. We're we're playing what we yeah. want to play. It's it's a heavy album, and there is like you can hear all the elements of all their influences. There's like a yeah. lot of synth going on in it. My favorite yeah, bit that's is, the um, thing is, I forget what song it is. It's it, um, it's on um, Lamb to the Slaughter. No, uh, no, and there's that bit where it's a, but yeah, the one like that's a, got like um kind of like 80s pads at the end of it and i forget which song it is oh that, that, i don't remember um, off the top of my head, to be honest i can't even remember what the lyric is that it's going over the top of but it's like at the end it's kind of like um fading out with it. it's one of the later tunes um it's a great record start to finish yeah yeah dig Ob- it. obsidian um and i think it's got a really good flow to it like it's There's nothing that stands out like it does on um, uh, Hope and Hindrance. Hope and Hindrance has like definite like standout moments that I'm like, oh yeah, oh, that's 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 a cool jam. That's a cool jam, and that's a cool riff and stuff. There's not nothing that kind of stabs me instantly like that. But I, I was listening to it basically on loop for the past um, few days. Well, uh, um, what, Obsidian. Obsidian. Yeah. Right. Um, and. Now I'm kind of getting used to the songs and stuff, and I'll listen to them over and over again. Yeah, you know, the, there's definitely the tunes in there that stick in my head, like Delilah, the 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 chorus to that. It's, it's it sticks in your head. Yeah, well, this is the other thing about them is as much as it's heavy, there's some really melodic yeah. moments to it that are actually kind of really well. This goes back to the juxtaposition thing. It's it's really well thought out. It's very musical. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's very melodic when it wants to be. And even like the vocal lines that he's written, with what's happening under that chorus, the way he sings the chorus in Delilah, that the the interval that he chooses a Delilah, Delilah, that doesn't seem obvious. That's not the immediate um melodic choice that you make mm. with what's happening underneath it so it's obvious that a lot of thought has gone into the melody rather than just you know the out and out violence and 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 the heavy factor um whereas on hope and hindrance a lot of thought has gone into the arrangement of the songs and yeah. making like snappy sections stand out and i'm not saying one's better than the other i could obviously tell you which i prefer but Without that, would be subjective. Objectively, neither is better than the other. You know, it's yeah. just an odd juxtaposition. And but at the same time, I think that's what makes hope and hindrance, even though musically more effort has gone into making it technical and and whatnot. Uh, Obsidian still is a tighter record, a tighter played, tighter performed and recorded and and edited record even though it doesn't have those 
those super tight, snappy sections in. The whole way that Obsidian has been made sounds like a grown-up, well-formed metal band. Yeah. Hope and Hindrance sounds like a band of... Everything I say about it, in my own mind, sounds like I'm being insulted, and I'm not, because I I think it's a fucking great record by a great band. But it sounds like kids. Not kids. It sounds like younger guys, guys in their 20s. Do you know what I mean? And even down to the musical choices that they've made, which is what I was just saying about the, you know, that a lot of, of energy has gone into the arrangement of the songs. There's nothing immature about arranging a song correctly, but there's something about arranging a song in a way that you think people will react saying, yeah. oh, that that's clever, that comes across as immature in comparison to a record where they've just said, that sounds great, let's do that. And they haven't thought about what people will think. Yeah. Um, like, uh, there's one point where they've got um, a quote, a movie quote in one of the songs on Hope and Hindrance that I've heard on about seven other songs. Yeah, it um, is on uh, Shade, I think. Well, it might be Nightmare. I was going to say, I think it's Nightmare. Um yeah. Yeah, um, and I like even uh, so. I was listening to Obsidian, <laughs> and it was like, "Hey, you like Obsidian? You might also like this." So I went onto this, and there was this band called uh, what were they fucking called? Zeno something. I don't. Um, it doesn't ring a bell. Uh, I can't remember what they were called, um, but it was like a similarish kind of band, like um black metal influenced modern metal. Yeah. Um, and it had like that exact quote, the, the same start and finish points even. Um, and I was like, man, that must be a common quote. And I think it's like, especially amongst metal, because it's like one of those dystopian future, um, you know. Like, is it taken from a f- uh, film, you said? Because yeah. I'll be honest, I don't I don't remember what the quote. I remember some spoken word in it, but I don't remember what it was. I think it's from a film, um, and it's going on about like um, it's like a posh English dude talking about like how you know authority is controlling people and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, I mean it's a common theme anyway, so it's it's bound to get kind of passed. It is in metal because it's something to protest against, isn't it? I yeah. mean, in metal is essentially protest music, yeah, or, or at least m- most subgenres of metal are protest music. And I guess if there's a common protest statement made in a film, I mean, it makes sense to a degree, but yeah. What are, what are your standout tracks on each record? Um, the singles are really good on Obsidian. Um, mm. I mean, I I only heard two or three singles before. I think. Well, when I'm, you play onto them for the first time, they'd only drop three singles. Uh, but yeah. by the time they dropped the record, I think they'd put five or six out. I think Delilah. The first time I heard it was when it's the first track on the album. So I mean, that stood out immediately. Was a good tune. Um, yeah, that's great. Lamb to the Slaughter is a banger. Uh, I didn't know whether I liked it at first because I couldn't get on board with the synth, but I really, yeah, I, I, I dig it now. 
Mm. But it was just, you know, the the bit where they do the the fast um, bit at the start and the uh, the guitar yeah, yeah. follow the synth, and I'm like, but no, I dig it now. Um, well, you know, you know me for synth and metal, man. Generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of when synth and electronic sounds are put into metal because nine times out of ten, it's not that I dislike those instruments or sounds. I just feel like nine times out of ten, the song doesn't need it. It was perfectly good without it. It didn't add anything. What I like about it in what Viscera have done is that it did add something. Like I, I think, yeah, it's if not you massively it overpowering. Out, yeah, they've layered it. the The mix is perfect because it's never too prominent. Like you will hear yeah. it, but you might not notice what it is until you've heard it five, six times, and then you're like, "Shit, that's a." this sound or that sound and it's and it's only then that you realize how good the mix is that it was always there and you never missed it yeah and and if it was taken away it wouldn't sound It'd as good thin, yeah but you never put your finger on what it was that you were hearing until you'd heard it multiple times so i think the mix actually that's another thing about the viscera well actually about both i think hope and hindrance is really well mixed yeah. Like for power, for what they were trying to achieve. It's and, and it's, I mean, it's it's all um, sampled drums as well. It's not even a real drum kit, but it still manages to not have that thin sound. I didn't know that, but to be fair, in modern metal production, that's something that it's quite common. It's become common, yeah. So it's not something that I'm... Re- unless, like if I'm listening to... I was listening to the Last Testament record yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans of titans of something um i can't remember what it's called it just came out uh this year and um that's a good record but testament you can hear that that's a real drum kit you know what i mean but in in like more modern tighter metal yeah it's so it's so common that i personally wouldn't necessarily notice that it's not a real drum kit there's only the only reason I know is because I know the sounds that come out of uh, superior drummer 3 like they're in my brain now yeah, yeah. So if they're using that, I'm like, right, okay, I know that drum kit. <laughs> but like you told me, um, the drums on the first Periphery record were samples. Yeah, I think so. Because that, to me, I mean, I'm not a drummer. I maybe don't have the ear for it. But the drums on that don't sound any different to like the drums on Select Difficulty that weren't a sample drum kit. I'm not, I mean, don't don't quote me. I'm not 100% on that, but I, I feel like on later albums, uh, Misha programmed them and then got uh, Matt Halpin to play them. Yeah. But I think the first album is is um, all digital tracked. He is, he is credited as the drummer on the record, but I guess that's just because he was the drummer in the band. I could Whether be wrong. on the album or not. Um, let me see. Let me just Google. While you, while you have a look... My standout. I was just going to say. Also, um, um, Hammer and Nails is a banger. Mm. Uh, And yeah, that was awesome. On Hope and Hindrance, uh, around a girl in eight days, we stand as one. Shade, um, and Nightmare. They're they're the like the ones that for sure. Yeah. Like we stand as one was the first song I heard off that record. So that's kind of always going to stand out to me because it's the one I know the most. I guess I'm more familiar with it. But objectively, it's a fucking great song. It's got a great riff. That gang vocal 
brings it to life. Like you, you want to shout along with them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, that's a great song. Um, the one that follows it light, I think is, um, just an interlude, isn't it? It's like only two minutes long, but it's, um, it's lovely to listen to. Bling, 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 bling. Yeah, it's because it's not particularly, it's not heavy. It is just like a clean interlude. It's like it's, Lilith it's really on Obsidian. Nice. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Lilith, again, is kind of one of my standouts on that as well, just because it's what I think is really good about having an interlude is if you put it in the right place, to listen to it on its own, it sounds weird because it's, oh, why have they put that there? But if you listen to the album as a whole, it it's a lovely break. For, it's like Eye of the Storm, you know? Yeah. You've gone in one side, you know you're about to come out the other and it's going to get violent again. But it gives you the perfect balance to a record. And I think that in the case of both of these records, those little interludes are proof that the records were well-planned from start to finish. Yeah. That the track ordering was well thought out. Because no band writes just enough tracks to go on a record. They've they've written twenty and they choose ten to go on the on the album, and putting a little interlude in like that tells me that they chose really well and they planned how it would listen from start to finish. Like it's they wanted you to listen to it start to finish. Um, Nightmare is just a straight fucking. It's a boot in the chest from start to finish. A fucking great song. Beer or butter, that when it kicks in after the after the bling bling bling, in the middle bit. Um, yeah, well, it comes out of shade, doesn't it? It Comes straight out of shade, uh, yeah. But like, you know, when um, it's got the voiceover bit, the yap 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 yap, when it's gibbering on about like um, disillusion and shit and uh, like stuff, when he's going on about that, and then it comes in with that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, oh, it'll kick the dick clean off you. It's, <laughs> it's nightmare is a proper jawbreaker of a tune. It's fucking brilliant. I would argue better than we stand as one. I would say it's. I would. I bet if you saw them live, we stand as one is the, is the one that's getting the fucking crowd. Yeah, are you with them? But as a record, that or around a girl. Yeah, around a girl's going to do it. That, like I say, that was the most visceral. Like it really stood out to me as a tune that, um, Jamie was a big. He he must have been a big part of the writing process for that particular song, at least. Yeah. Um, if not all of them, I don't know what his input was other than lyrics, but I would assume that on that song he had some input musically because it's. I could be fooled into thinking. Not in the whole song, but in parts of it, I could have been fooled into thinking that that was Viscera. So it, it made me think like Jamie probably had a bigger input in that. But on Obsidian, <gasps> pardon me, Immersed in Aya is uh, track two. Yeah. And I think that is fucking outstanding from start to finish. It does not let up. There's no relenting in... It's tiring. Like by the time that song's finished, I am tired. It's but it's fucking outstanding. And the um the one after that, I think, is Carpe Noctum. That that is about as close to 
it's not gang vocal as such, but it's as close to a crowd shouting back at you. That's the one that I think live would be awesome. Yeah. You know, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Obsidian, the title track is fucking brutal as well. Which one? Oh, there's there's a song where um, uh, where's the chorus to it? There's a bit where it sounds like I had to listen to it about ten times before I decided he wasn't saying "clean your pussy." <laughs> 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 and it's like, um, kind of wish he was now. Oh, it's uh, count your blessings, not your curses. Where's the what's that's that uh, Carpe Noctum. Yeah, and he's like, count your blessings, not your curses. And I, I kept hearing, clean your pussy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? That's yeah, what you're that's going with? Carpe noctum, season night. Carpe noctum, why are you still cared? Count your blessings, not your curses. I heard someone say. That's it. I heard someone say. I could not fucking make that line out. That's what was annoying me because that chorus is catchy as fuck. Yeah. So I wanted to sing along with it. And when it got to that bit, I was doing that classic, season nine, driving along, fucking punching the windscreen in the truck, <laughs> shouting it at other people. You know, as cars are coming past, they'll glance up and I'm fucking hitting the window and shouting at them. It's one of them tunes where you've got to get into it. You love it. But when it got to that bit at the end, count your blessings, not your... And I was just like, because I couldn't uh, make out what it was saying. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I kept I hearing it because because he's obviously like rah, 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 rah. all I'm hearing is <laughs> yeah. clean your pussy and like that can't be right. That can't be right. No, that wouldn't fit. But now it's going to be in my head. And all that's sudden, what I'm going to yeah, have to sing. All of a sudden, it's become a hip hop album from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Um, speaking of lyrics, actually, you know uh, when we cast pod last time, I said I was listening to Billy Ocean. Uh-huh. Yeah. As you should be um, all the time. Yeah, because Billy Ocean fucking rules. Um, which Billy Ocean tune is it where he sings about um I'll be the sun shining on you? Tell um, me, baby, slip on your shoe. Cinderella, that's it. Cinderella Get out of my that's car, it. get into my get out of my jeans, get into my car. Get into my car. Now, for some reason, even though I know that line is um I'll be the sun shining on you, Cinderella, slip on your shoe. For some reason, if it's on, if I'm singing along with it, that's what I'm singing because I, I know that's the line. But if I just randomly start, you know, like if I'm earwormed and I'm I'm just got that song in my head, yeah, like I sing just different. Chopping up some shit in the kitchen, yeah, and because I mean it's so easy to earworm me. I'll get earwormed ten times a day, you know, and these loops that go through in my head. Obviously, I'm going to be singing them while I'm just getting on with my life and. Um, for some reason, even though I know the lyrics to that song, I always sing them differently if the track isn't on while I'm <laughs> singing. But it makes it sound like he's got a foot fetish because I always sing, um, I'll be the sun shining on you, sexy baby, give me your shoe. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I sing in my head. But when, when the track's uh. on, I, I know it. the line. <laughs> That's it. I know the line is Cinderella slip on your shoe. And I know when I'm listening to the song, that's what I'll sing. But when the song isn't on and I'm just singing it to myself, I always sing the wrong line. It's fucking weird. I'm aware <laughs> I'm singing the wrong line, but if you told me to sing the right line, I wouldn't know what it was suddenly. I'd completely forget. Cause in my head it is just, well, that's right. Sexy baby. 
give me your shoe. Yeah, something like that. It's Lyrics are fucking weird, man, and I'm terrible at deciphering lyrics, and I'm even worse at fucking remembering them. I mean, you can you when we play in the band, you you use in ear monitors. <laughs> I so do indeed. You can hear every because you you have my vocal reasonably high in your mix. You told me, didn't you? Yeah, higher than my vocals. So if you've got my vocal fairly high, you can hear my vocal better than I can. So when I know I'm getting lyrics wrong, if it it's not too obvious, sometimes. oh, I bet it does. But if it's if it's not too obvious, I'll just get the lyric wrong and it'll be it won't be too wrong but if i know it's so wrong like if i if i you know when you get a brain fart and you just your mind goes blank if it's i don't know when what you the stop line singing all together you're just like what the hell would you have? that's what i'm talking about <laughs> and i just have to like make noises that are in as long as i make the right vowel sounds at the right time <laughs> the audience that's it so i sound like rocky and to, in the crowd, I back off from the mic a bit. So in the crowd, yeah, along I've with the, the full mix, well. <laughs> they're not they're not going to know because they're just hearing the right vowel sounds. They're not going to notice in the crowd. They will not give a fuck. But I'm always aware that right behind me, and I can't turn around <laughs> and look at you. I'm always aware that right behind me on the drum kit, you can hear me just <laughs> saying because <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I do. I just I sound like I've had a stroke, <laughs> but you can hear it even clearer than I can because I don't have much of my vocal in in my monitor mix. But you have you have more than I do. You can hear me fuck up, and I know I'm doing it. But at least I don't have to it hear. Just it just gives me like a bit of reassurance that I'm not the only one hitting the wrong things. Like, dude, can you imagine oh. if, if? Do you know it's testament to us as a band that we don't get complaints, that we must be able to cover each other up. Because after any show, the four of us will talk. Yeah, I can tear my, guarantee... my own ap uh, performance apart like nobody else. Oh, we all will. But it's the, we're all our own worst critic. But it, it's deeper than that. It's like, it's not saying, oh, I didn't play very well because um, of this, that, or the other. It's more the obvious mistakes that the four of us all noticed, one of us make. Like when Sam has a habit of playing um, the bass line perfectly, but it starts on the wrong fret, so he's always a semitone off. And either me yeah. or Dad has to like look at him, and he'll just smile at us and move his hand down. Yeah. And you're like, Sneakily. right there we are. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like he knows he's doing it as soon as we look at him, and he'll slide his hand down. My problems uh, lyrics, but now and then I will. Well, I say now and then. Until recently, I bet I did it every gig for about three years. <laughs> we. We play Everlong, uh, and then we go into oh, fuck, I can't remember what it is, but I always kept it down in drop D. So I'd play the next song in drop when it was supposed to be in standard. Right. But I I sometimes didn't notice till the end of the song. Like mm. we'd finished and I'd just hit a chord and think, hold on, I didn't tune that, that back. That's fucking up. horrible. <laughs> but we've we've moved the set round and it doesn't matter. Because if I go in drop D, you can guarantee, like feeling good. We, do, I'm, I, no one else tunes down for it, but for what I'm playing, I tune down into a drop D for feeling good. Yeah, and then straight after feeling good, I always forget to tune back up. And it's, um, it's not like it's even a song where I can, uh, where I can fluff it. It's fucking you give love a bad name after that. So I've got to play that riff. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Well, if you're tuned down, you can't play that riff. <laughs> 
So I will be in in the first part of the riff to that song. I'll be thinking this doesn't sound right, and I'll have to try and tune it up on the fly. I've got really good at tuning it back up on the fly while I'm singing in the middle of a song because I've just mm. been a bit due to my own fucking ineptitude. You've I've been forced to, to learn that skill. You know what I mean? It's the the shit you do when you're on stage in a band that the crowd doesn't notice. If they there's no band on on the planet that's professional. Because they're only as professional as the audience perceive them to be. So if you're good enough to cover your own mistakes so the audience don't notice, you are technically professional at that point. I guess. That's that's where we're at. The audience never notice our mistakes. But if they could hear our isolated instruments when they're sober and on their own, they would think we are fucking children picking those things up. <laughs> it's ridiculous, the shit we do on stage. Anyway, so that's Hope and Hindrance. And Obsidian uh, yeah, by Heart of a Coward and Viscera, respectively. I guess the last thing to do regarding this would be to ask which you prefer. Um, I won't I'm say I purposely didn't say best because that's subjective. I just want to yeah, know your opinion, objective. you know. Um, I think that currently having only just picked up um obsidian this week i would say i like hope and hindrance more just because it's yeah i've I've been listening to it for the last seven or eight years um and it's full of stone cold jams so yeah man see it only came on my radar heart of a coward or a band i've always been aware of and if I'm honest, I think I had heard a different Heart of a Coward record previous. But this is the record I'm most familiar with, but it only came on my radar maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe less, maybe 18 months. Bollocks. So I don't have that kind of previous connection with it. Whether that has influenced me in any way or not, I mean, I, I don't well, know. This, but I've... Um, only, and all, um, sorry, the song And Only Time Will Tell was the first song that I learned that had like a weird bass drum pattern. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, oh, so I, when I was starting yeah. out with um, uh, Mercury, so I was like, that I, I focused in on that, and there's that middle section that's got that. I'd never played anything like that. So I was like listening to that to death and I was like, I fucking got it. And the first time I got it, I was like, shit. And I've, so obviously having listened to that and then gone on to the other tunes, I've just kind of had a connection with that since I started playing I know that what you kind mean. of music. You're going to have like a personal link to it at that. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of the first bands of that type that you felt a connection to, I guess. Yeah. But um, I've got to admit, um, I just I feel like it probably won't come as a surprise the way I've been talking about the two. And don't get me wrong, I don't want anyone listening to this and thinking that I'm like down on Heart of a Cow or anything, because I'm honestly, I think they're a great band and I really do like Hope and Hindrance. I'm speaking about this purely in comparison to Obsidian. Um, Viscera as a band are just more my kind of groove. You know, it's more my kind of jam. Um, yeah. Well, and... I could I could have told you that before, and it's got more ties to things that you have listened to outside of. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, bands. I'm I'm into the tech thing and the gent thing, 
I mean, I'm, I fucking love Periphery. I love my sugar. Um, I've recently become a again it's a band i was aware of before but it's only in the last few months really six months or so that i've really started to dig on after the burial yeah um so i've gone back through their whole back catalog and really got into that but it's not that i'm not into the sound that heart of a coward make it's just what viscera make i don't need to get into it i'm already into you know what i mean yeah well it's, it's like just you more you, up you, my street you were listening to testament the other day um mm. And that wasn't because you had to. It wasn't because you were doing it for any reason other than you wanted to go and listen to Testament. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I'll get round to that in a minute. That's what I wanted to move on to next, actually. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's still true. Testament are a band I do listen to anyway. And it's just that Viscera would, are just more a band that's... It's just more my groove, you know. Just it's more, more up your street. That's it, completely. So I did prefer that. But... Hope and Hindrance, like I said earlier, it's so well mixed and it's obviously well planned. Like each track lends itself to the one after and is it, it, oh, it as such really is well. fed by the one before. It's, you know, it's a very, very well produced and thought it's out record. similar to what we were saying last time, though. Um, so... The first album, start to finish, it sounds like a band that's been playing those songs for fucking years and oh you know, yeah, yeah that's how yeah. they want them to be. The next album, it's I, I mean, I love the songs on it, but it doesn't sound like there's as much kind of time being spent on it. I actually didn't spend much um spend much time listening to the second record, but the third I did. It's, uh, it's, it's severance and then deliverance, I think, isn't it? No, collapse. Collapse is the one that I listen to. Um, no, sorry, collapse, collapse is a song. Collapse is a song on deliverance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Deliverance. Uh, the disconnect came out last year. Yeah. And I, I didn't listen to it recently. I listened to it last year. And I do remember thinking that that didn't sound like Heart of a Coward for some reason, but I couldn't. It didn't sound like Hope and Hindrance. It didn't sound like no. Deliverance. But it, it was still good. Musically, I think it probably was closer to Hope and Hindrance. Um, But, the, but of course, they'll have, they'll have got the other vocalist back. When he, the guy who did the EP, he's back on on the disconnect. Is it the same guy? I believe so. I could be wrong, but I believe they've they've done a kill switch and got yeah. the original guy back. I wasn't sure if it was the same guy or whether they got another guy who has like a, a similar kind of style. I don't. Maybe, just like maybe it's just that that's fooling me into thinking it. Maybe it's just that the guy the sounds like him. No, neither have I. I. It's just kind of something I convinced myself of because he sounds like the dude on the original EP. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just told myself it was him. And I might completely be wrong, but that alone is enough to to make it not sound. I like Jamie era Heart of a Coward. Yeah, you know. So um, he's got a, such a powerful voice. He's got an incredible voice, and again, it tes- this is um, testament to my to my love of that Viscera record is the melody that I talked about earlier um, that he'll come in and out of on top of some 
I mean, he's up there with the best of the brutal vocalists. Mm-hmm. He he can go fucking super guttural in an almost death metal style. That's I think that that album is like you mentioned that it sounds like it's got a black uh, metal vibe to it. I think there's a lot of death metal sounds. Yeah, there. man, for sure. The do you know it's um, there's there's vocal range on there that isn't on anything Heart of a Coward have ever done. There's like the high oh, yeah. The high screams and the like super low brutal guttural growls that you don't get on Heart of a Coward. Heart of a Coward yeah. is much more hardcore focused. Oh, without again, I mean the gang vocals alone is a hardcore sound. And then when you take his solo vocal sound into account, it is very again, everything I say about Heart of Coward sounds like I'm I'm Dissident. bitching on, yeah, and I'm not at all. But it's it's much more one dimensional vocally. Yeah. Um. There's, but, yeah, there's not as much range in anything, but it's focused on what it does, and what it does is is very. Yeah, good. they 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 made a record with uh with a clear intent in mind of what they wanted it to sound like, and they achieved it 110. percent It was fucking bang on for what they were doing, but to a degree, I would also say that's what. Um, has aged not that it sounds old it's super modern metal still but it's it it's it's caught in that early 2010s era of metal yeah man and no solos either there's fucking solos on viscera that made me happy yeah but that's to a degree that's a shame not on the viscera side on the heart of the coward side because the guitarists in in heart of the coward are excellent yeah so I reckon that they probably have purposely written without solos because it didn't fit yeah, what, they, what their aim was. Yeah, uh, which again it goes back to the the point we're making about vocals and stuff. They've tied themselves into that era of 2012, you know. Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but in two, in 2020, that's audibly um, obvious. You know, it's. It, it's an album of its time, and that yeah. doesn't make it bad. But Viscera, yeah, there was a lot Obsidian. of other stuff like um, North Lane and stuff like that that was coming out at the same time. I mean, nothing, oh, yeah. nothing in that genre really has. Well, it, it, that's that's of a similar ilk. You know, it doesn't have solos. It's not built around solos. There's it's not music shapes. that demands it. No, and I mean, there's there's kind of bands that would play on similar bills like um, Born of Cyrus, uh, Born of Cyrus. Yeah, Born of Osiris. Um, and stuff like that. And um, After the Burial and stuff that's like built around fucking shredding, but yeah. they're not that kind of band. No, that's it. And it's it, to a degree, you could argue it's cool that they haven't put the songs in because they, they, they're doing what they do. And that was part of their musical uh, vision, so to speak. But I, I, I'd still argue that it's it ties that record especially to the era that it was made. Whereas Obsidian, I think in 10 years will still sound as fresh and 10 years ago could have been released in exactly the same form and would have still been awesome. You know, they're not breaking any new ground. They're not reinventing the wheel in, in viscera. They're just doing something that they want to do without regard for what's popular. And, and that, that appeals more to me, I guess, but that's, I get, you know, I was brought up on Zeppelin and I was born three years after Zeppelin split up, so I guess I've always got an affinity to to shall we say ageless yeah. uh, stuff, and and that viscera thing it appeals to me on every level, and 
yeah, I mean, if we're going to put a pin in that, um, I think I would. I think they're both worth listening to. If anyone listening to this is not familiar with those bands and you like your shit, down-tuned, heavy and violent, they will both fucking tick your boxes. Yeah, if if for nothing else, Jamie Graham's vocals are just fucking mental. He's like... Yeah. He's, he's not doing anything crazy that you you wouldn't expect to hear, but he's just doing it so fucking well with so much power. There's just like yeah, so much is... nuts behind what he's doing. He's. I'd love to see I was him so, live. I was so upset when like when he left Heart of a Coward and uh, for, as far as I was aware, that was going to be it for him doing vocals. He was going in production yeah. and um, management. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's just a fucking massive loss because he's amazing. Yeah. And then he came out with this and it's just like, fuck, yeah, that's what I've been But when, when he came out with this, I think it, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I'm only comparing the two records rather than the two bands. So maybe people weren't so surprised as I was, but Hope and Hindrance compared with um, Obsidian, you can tell it's the same vocalist, but he's displaying a completely different set of skills on yeah, each. Yeah, for sure. And and that to me is is a sign of like a truly quality metal vocalist. Yeah, and there's people thing, it, like melody wise and the way he sings is not he's got an incredible voice he has super fucking powerful um it you know it, it fits what he's doing exactly um yeah man but he's not the 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 um the shapes and stuff that he's fitting in they're not any different to what he was doing in heart of a coward i feel like the difference is coming when it comes to the brutal parts, the screaming and the the guttural parts, it's just yeah, it's an it's another palette that has just gone. You know what? I'm going to do this shit now. It's all the the really high stuff that I just I didn't even I wasn't even aware that he could do. I'd I would love to see him live, um, because that viscera stuff makes me feel like if he can pull that off live, he is one of the greats. He's up there with Spencer Sotelo. Yeah, as being one of the great metal vocalists of our time, you know. But to be honest, I think even some of his cleans, what I loved about his cleans is that they're deceptively high. They don't sound uncomfortable. Like when Spencer Sotelo's high, they don't sound uncomfortable, but you know you can't do it. Yeah. When when Jamie Graham goes up high, you you don't think it's that high till you try and sing it, and then you're like, fucking hell, how did he do that? Yeah. And and I think that again j- is just because of the timbre of his, of his voice, the whole tone of his voice, the build of his throat. Makes, yeah, it sound, it's got that it, it's, thick, low sound to it all the time. Yeah, man, all the time. Even when he goes high, it just sounds super comfortable and attainable. And when you try it, you think, actually, this dude's fucking rangy, man. And yeah. then when he does that brutal stuff, but his brutals, his guttural shit goes high as well. It's just fucking outstanding. Excellent records on both fronts. Um, and definitely Agreed. two bands you should check out. Even even now, Jamie Graham has left Heart of a Coward. Uh, I would still advise checking out Heart of a Coward um, with the new dude who might be the old dude. Um, <laughs> because, because the other dudes are still the other dudes. And that band is... Fucking excellent! They're great at what they do. If if anything, I'd I'd say it's a shame they haven't got bigger, because yeah. um, they've been doing it as long as the big boys of that particular subgenre. But they're not a band you often hear talked about. 
And um, I think I think it's a shame because they're just as good as after the burial. Different, yeah, but very they, very different. They could, not they as, could play not on as, the same bill. Yeah, not as stupid, like daft technical wise. Oh yeah, but... yeah. But don't, don't, I mean, if you went to a show and like it, when we did Empiricon, if after the burial and Heart of a Coward were there, that wouldn't have been odd. They yeah. play on the same bill. And they're, yeah, they're just look, they're, they're just fucking great. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, what are we going to wind up with? Because we've been right. Gibbering so, I wanted, to, yeah, man, I was thinking just as a closer, what have we been listening to? And this is why I mentioned when you said Testament earlier. And I was like, well, I didn't just listen to them because I like Testament. Every time we do this, we talk about what we've been listening to in the last, you know. Yeah. Few few days, few weeks, whatever, and I decided basically I'm going to use that as an excuse to listen to lots of different stuff because if every week you ask me what I've been listening to, and my answer is fit for an autopsy in Gajira, yeah, that's going to get that's going to get boring pretty quick. So this week I started listening to some different stuff. I was taking uh, influence from other podcasts. I, obviously, I'm listening to other podcasts and stuff as well. Uh, do you know that? Um, fuck those guys. Do you know the That's Not Metal podcast? Uh, I do not. So That's Not Metal, they're far more professional than us, and they're very well established. Um, the dude How who is... How is that possible? The, well, I mean, they're, they're, uh, their dicks aren't as big as ours, and they're not Listen, mate, looking. I'm turning up to work drunk. I'm Googling stuff as we're fucking speaking. How is that not professional? Mate, I'm in my pants as we speak. Nice. But um, I'm not all in my pants. You could flop a nut out. That'd be awesome. That's it, man. There is part of me that's not in my pants right now because it's Don't getting hot. Don't pretend like you're too fucking big. No, no, it's just getting hot in here. I had to pull part of my pants down to expose. I had to pull some, part uh, of your penis out. <laughs> yeah, just to, to uh, I had to air off the underside because it was getting stuck. But. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so the That's Not Metal podcast, I'll be honest, don't remember the presenter's names, but one of them is the dude that used to be, uh, he used to run Scuzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other two dudes, I haven't heard their credentials, but I get the impression they work in music journalism. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. these these dudes know their shit. They talk about a lot of bands, and they seem intimately familiar with pretty much all of them. Bollocks. So... I thought I'd take influence from them. When they mentioned a band and talked about it in a way that I thought that sounds interesting, I will pause that podcast. I'll go away. I'll listen to a bunch of that band. Right. So I've been I've been doing that since we last recorded on Tuesday. Okay. Now, obviously, I'll talk about a lot of bands that I am familiar with, Testament being one of them, but I don't follow Testament so closely that I was aware they put a record out in the last couple of months. Right. So so when they mentioned Testament... me also. This is it, man. I mean, this is old school American thrash. You know, I didn't. There aren't many bands still doing. Well, there are a lot of bands still doing it, but um, they're not often talked about in mainstream metal press. And they're dying out, man. They, they are. They're going quick, to be fair. But um, yeah, so they mentioned Testament's record, so I put that on. So I was listening to Testament's record. I'm going to have to say what it's called. I know it's the Titans of something, and I cannot. Fucking think the Titans of Titans, Titans of Creation. That's it, Titans of Creation. And it's Twing isn't a thing. 
No, <laughs> no, that's not a word. Um, <laughs> it's good, man. If you like thrash, you dig it. But I like if... I like some thrash. Do you know what what, what I thought about it was? People said it was um, like it's it's the the best thrash album for years, and I'm like, well, maybe, but it's testament. It's like they've been doing this since the fucking late eighties. Mm-hmm. It's it's an excellent record, and every band has their era of putting out some you know their weaker times. They're not in a weak time at the moment. They're putting out good work. But the Testament drop a record every fucking two years, without mm. doubt. They're consistent as fuck. So if you like Testament, you're going to like this record. Yeah, I guess it's like ACDC of Thrash. Oh, without a doubt. And I heard what they said something on That's Not Metal that I thought was actually really true. Someone had mentioned how this was the best thrash record of 2020, which sounds on the surface a bit strange because how many thrash records is 2020 gonna produce? How many has it produced so far? But yeah, like one third into the year, you know what I mean? So it's the best thrash record of 2020, isn't really much of an accolade. But when you think about it, Megadeth are putting an album out this year as well, and Megadeth are. Aside maybe from, well, I mean, now Slayer have gone. Creator still put out some fucking insane thrash. But I Megadeth, struggle to call Megadeth thrash, though. Do you, there's a certain oh, sound. That, there's a sound that goes along with thrash. Like, like when it's you listen be thin. to Slayer. When you listen to Slayer and you're listening to Slayer and it's like, there's still a messiness to it, even on the slower tracks, like uh, like stuff on God Hates Us All. There's yeah, like that slower kind of like more heavy metal sound to it. There's still a messiness to it, and yeah. I've never heard that on. That's ri- that, I think that's Rick Rubin's production because everything's Possibly. dry as fuck on a Rick Rubin record. And with me- what I think is thrashy about Megadeth is when a solo kicks in. As soon as a solo kicks in, you know you're listening to thrash, because it's what's it's not the solo that makes it thrash; it's what's happening under it, and it's mm. they they're thrashy as fuck. And Testament are a great band, and Chuck Billy is a thrash god. But to say that's the best thrash record of 2020, just a few months before Megadeth put out their next record. Just seems a bit preemptive, but yeah, I, I've been listening it, to Testament. I guess it might be the argument that's the best one so far, but not necessarily the best one in like that's going to be. I, th- I think the sentiment of what was said, and I am taking this directly from the That's Not Metal podcast, it was someone had written in or something, and that's what this dude said. I think the sentiment was, um, nothing's going to top it with Slayer gone, our Testament now the official kings of thrash. Uh, they have just put out the best thrash record of 2020 or whatever. Mm. And what one of the presenters on That's Not Metal basically said, uh, I think Megadeth might have something. To, no, he said, I think Creator might have something to say about that because Creator are an out-and-out thrash fucking tornado and they're still <laughs> going. So to say testament to the kings of thrash, uh, what I think what this guy was getting at when he posed the question was Metallica don't really do thrash anymore. No, Slay- Slayer all. are gone. 
Um, as you said yourself, Megadeth, are they really thrash? Uh, these They're days, very metal, but I don't feel yeah, the thrash element so much. Um, anthrax uh, have kind of sworn off thrash, and they haven't really done that old school thrash in a long time. So with the big four of thrash gone, Testament were always number five. Does that make them the kings of metal? But what this dude who was the presenter was saying, his point was they were number five in record sales. They weren't number five. When you look at the big four, outside of big four, who were the thrashiest of the thrash? Well, creator are far more thrashy than Testament. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess they're the new kings of thrash. And then one of the other guys was like, it's a bit preemptive to say it's the best thrash record of 2020 when Megadeth, we know Megadeth are dropping a record this year. Yeah. And you know it's going to be good. So, yeah. So, anyway, I was listening to all that comes from me listening to Testament because I mentioned it. But um, they put me onto a few bands. Um, and I'll be honest, some of them were not for me. Boston Manor, are you familiar with them? Uh, what kind of music is it? Radio One Metal, I'd call it. I see. I struggle with stuff like that, like um, I did. I did from my Valentine and stuff. It makes me no, like, no. I mean more. Imagine Royal Blood, but oh, like rock, but like heavy rock stuff. Yeah, but but mm, I guess with a metal, not aesthetic, but the with name a, rings a bell. I feel like I might have heard them. I've probably heard. Yeah, well, this, this been is, on Radio One. Then I've probably heard them. Well, this well. is why I listen to them. They mentioned them on this podcast. I'm like, I know that name. They were reviewing their new album, Glue. Bollocks. And I um I thought, fuck it, I'll give that a listen. And I didn't listen to a single song all the way through. I got like 30 seconds to a minute into each track, and I'm like, fuck this. It wasn't for me. It, it To me, it wasn't. It was rock, which I yeah. dig, but it wasn't the kind of rock I'm into. Like, I, I like Royal Blood, but this was like Royal Blood. Um, I, I don't know how to describe it. Give it a listen, Boston Manor. It might be up your street, it. but it... It, it did it did nothing for me. Uh Loathe, I did know, and I did like what I listened to from them. I listened to Loathe. They're doing some big shit at the moment. Like they're um they just seem to be going from strength to strength. Like yeah, with and I think to it's them. deserved too. Yeah, yeah, they they know what they're doing. Um, I've played with them a, f- a few times. Have you? Well, uh, Boston yeah. Boston Manor are a little bit like them, but they're they're loathe light. It's like they they it's like almost we've got our own sound, but people would like us more if we sounded like loathe. Right, I get you. And and brand new. Do you know brand new? I know brand new. Yeah, yeah. they're an old band. Yeah, they're not so, a brand new band at all. No, no, not at all. Well, Boston Manor want to be brand new. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I'll give it a bash. So, yeah, it was. I mean, maybe it'll be up your street. It did nothing for me. Uh, but Loathe, I already knew. And Brand New, I already knew. And Boston Manor, um, I think I'd heard the name, but I wasn't familiar with the music. And it did nothing for me. And it, it it's not bad music. It just didn't do anything for it's me. It's just not your thing. Nah, not really. Um, but I tell you who I was really impressed. Oh, the other one that I listened to, they mentioned the used, and I had to listen oh, yeah. to the used. They got uh, a new, new album. Yeah, well, that, that's the one I listened to, and it is sack of shit from start to finish. Really, it's, it's terrible. 
It's terrible. I just didn't dig it at all. I'm going to give it a go because I have. I mean, people were um, going on online about how it's called Heartwork and Carcass already. Yeah, that's an album right. Called that. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to really... mistake the used for Carcass. Exactly, and, and you know it doesn't I mean? bother me. There's a million and one albums that are called the same as a million and one exactly. albums. Exactly. The Power that. of Love. How many fucking individual songs are called The Power yeah, of exactly. Love? Yeah, exactly. I can think of three off the top of my head. Um, yeah, man, and they were all fucking huge as exactly. well. It never bothered anyone. No it's one gives shit. People um, so I'll, I'll give it a listen. Um and try it out because I do like the used um, and theoretically depending on whether the festival goes ahead which it looks like less likely every day the pandemic goes on but um, I think they're supposed to be playing Riot Fest I think I I bet they'd be fun live but like you know the Taste of Ink um, yeah. was that, that big kind of I, I, I struggle to say big break but it was a big single for them yeah there to me that album, of, that album yeah, that's, that's, a big what's album. that record called uh it is called um what's fuck it's called is it it's, it's not lies for the liars is it it was before that it's the first uh in love and death in love and death that's it yeah because lies for the liars is a record i was familiar with but they're, they're not a band i don't like they're just a band that kind of passed me by uh, and i didn't I wasn't into any of it, if I'm honest, but they're a band I'm familiar with, and they mentioned this new record, Heartwork, so I thought I'll give that a listen. And it just sounds... It's fucking all over the place. It's so incoherent. Nothing on it seems to gel with what came before or after, even within songs. Like within one song, when it starts, it starts as one thing. Then it's got something else in the middle. Then it's another thing for the chorus. Then it's back to that thing it started with. And I couldn't get on board with it. But my biggest problem with it was how much pop injection it had. Like, Yeah, there seems to be a lot of that going on nowadays. Like, um, I mean, I don't remember one of my favourite bands and their new album seems like it's going to be a lot of pop very very pop influenced rock um it's to me it seems uh we have we have a guest you're right mate yeah all right ethan i just wanted to say that i've finished spider-man again have you have you finished Finished spider-man again yes he's like spider-man ps4 right i have never played it but i want to he finished it um oh god how long ago was it last week mate three days ago Three. Da- he's nine. He finished it three days ago. He's just finished it again. In two days. In two I, days. Because I and he didn't even play it yesterday. I've got to ask, what am I doing with my before. life? Do you want to? Do you want to say hello, mate? Say hello into the microphone. Yeah, sure. Come and say hello. Hi. <laughs> Dude, stop, Ethan. Name. Uh, yeah, so th- this is my boy, Ethan. Dude, name um, three metal bands. Metallica, Led Zeppelin, uh, and Mastodon. Yeah, that'll do, nice. man. That'll do. Now, I'm not sure Zeppelin qualifies as metal, but you know what? I'm well, going to take it. Well, you know it. what? Uh, they were in that holy, uh, unholy trinity, weren't they? Well, to be fair, that's the unholy trinity of hard rock. And heavy Sab- metal. Sabbath, uh, Sabbath, Purple, and Zeppelin, weren't it? Yeah. So, dude, I'm... Uh, do you uh, do you need something, man? 
yeah. You hungry? Or you want a drink or something? Yeah, get what you want, mate. No worries. Go get yourself some milk, dude. Can't believe you finished it again. I haven't finished it yet. I haven't even played it. I'm on 65%, he's just told me. He's been checking up on me. He, I like the sound of his voice as well. He's like lolling at you. He's like, oh, he's totally trolling me. 65%, you bitch. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. He's just laughing at me now. He's standing in the kitchen. Dude, uh, I'm taking away all your Xbox privileges. Yeah, man, because you use my Xbox account to play. To so kick your ass you. and, and pawn you. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, dude, uh, it's getting like, well, it's already like, um, get what you want, but then I want you to brush up your teeth, wash your hands, uh, wash your face, get yourself ready for bed, mate. All right, it's getting like, okay. good man. Well, when you've sorted yourself out ready for bed, mate, it's like, right, I've got a podcast to do. Shut up, piss off. Um, so, yeah, the use, they just passed me by. There's There's moments of pop influence in it. The, and when I say pop influence, I don't mean like in the songwriting because they were they were kind of commercial anyway. Um, it's more in the how do I put it? It's more in like the instrumentation that suddenly like there, there's one track I don't remember what it's called. Every song seems to have a fucking guest on it, and it, there's one track and randomly just in the chorus, this electronic beat comes in. Instead of the drum kit, and it's I, just it just I seems like random. As fuck. I didn't so like there's it. like um, there's moments when like AFI do stuff like that, and it works. So I wonder whether that's what they're going for. But like without listening to it, I don't know. But yeah, it's, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll I, I didn't I'll dig see it. What I think, but because you're far more eclectic than I am. I mean, I'm pretty eclectic, but you far more than me. And I didn't dig it. That doesn't mean you won't. You know what I mean? Um. But there was one band that I was listening to, and I am genuinely fucking blown away. It is. They were awesome. Um, I'm going to have to. They're pretty fucking. I wouldn't mind being blown away by them. But you <laughs> <laughs> see what I did? I see but, what you did. Um, I think you so made an band, oral sex joke, if I'm not mistaken. You're fucking right, I did, because <laughs> oral sex with me is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Where is so, it? <laughs> cheers, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, so this band they're called Umbra Vitae U M B R A V I T A E. Come on, you fucker! Um... They are they are a bit of a super group, right? It's the singer. I don't remember his name. It's a singer from Converge. Uh, it's the drummer from uh, Job for a Cowboy. Uh, it is either the bass or guitarist from, um, oh, fuck me. Who was it? They're all, they're, everyone in Umbra Vitae is from a different established band. But this, this is a bit like Viscera to a degree. The dude, oh, man, what's his fucking name? The singer from Converge. Uh, he's the vocalist. Off the top of my head. I, I keep thinking of Brandon, but I think he's wrong. Let me get him up. Braid, Braden, something like that. I can't remember his name, but... So he's a hardcore singer, Converger, a hardcore band. Yeah. This, this is death metal. Really? Like it... Oh, Bannon, fuck, yeah. John ba Jacob is, Bannon. Jacob, that's it. He... Right, so... 
Oh, fucking he's... Red Chords guitarists in them. Red Chords, that's it. It's the Red Chords guitarist. guitarist. It's... Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, Red Chords yeah. fucking bassist as well. Jesus. Yeah, man. How have I not band... heard of this band? But you know what's really fucking surprising about it is all these bands, so they're all hardcore bands. Red Chords, well. Except maybe Job for a Cowboy. They're not really hardcore. Red Chords were like in the, the death scene, but they kind of got ripped apart right. by a lot of people. Like um, people used to say like, uh, well, the, I remember watching one interview where somebody uh, said to them, uh, okay, so it's being said that Red Card is to death metal as Mariah Carey is to death metal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking proper burn. Oh, it's so oh, brutal. Harsh. And it, uh, I think his reply fuck. was, we're not a death metal band. I don't give a fuck in any way. Mariah Carey's pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> Well, at least he was he was fucking uh, he going took along it, with it, yeah. yeah man. But um, no, what's cool about the, the the red cord connection actually makes a lot of sense because this band are fucking death metal. I love the red card, man. Well, so I again the red cord. I've seen them like three I, or four times. I know the name. Uh, I don't know if I know anything by them. Obviously, I know Hatebreed. Yeah. Um, so when when I found out it was the Hatebreed guitarist and the singer from Converging, the drummer from Job for a Cowboy, instantly I'm thinking, well, it's a hardcore band. But I was, it, it's talked about as a death metal band, and I'm like, I've got I've got to listen to this now. But you know, when you listen to it, what's really cool, bollocks. What's really cool about it when you listen to it is that it is death metal, but with a hardcore vocalist, and I've never heard that done before. Well, I am definitely going to give that a bash now. Yeah, that that's I was listening to that as well. That's my listening experience. Testament, Umbravidi, The Used, and whoever the fuck the other Boston Manor. Um, that's in the last four days. That's what I've spent my time listening, as well as obviously Hope and Endurance and Obsidian. So uh, over to you. What's been your listening? It's in the last, much much less uh, metal related. Obviously, I've been listening to. Um, the songs, the the albums that we were talking about, but um, yeah. uh, I, I had a real strong hankering for Pantera, so I've been listening to some Pantera. Um, That's weird, man. Last week, out of the blue, I just like had a craving, and I had to listen to Far Beyond Driven, like start to finish. Yeah, I don't know what it was with me. I what was this? I must have been listening to something that had like a riff, and I was thinking, "Shit, that's really fucking Dimebag Darrelly." And then gone, you know what? I want to listen to some Pantera. That's generally how it happens with me. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, Pantera. Um, what else? Uh, a bit of a day to remember, but not so much this week. Um, I was listening to Mechanics of Dysfunction by. Uh, 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 Beneath the Massacre. Beneath um, the Massacre. That's not a band I'm uh, overly familiar with either. They're worth a listen. Yeah, with a name like that, they've got to be like a death band, sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I'd say I, I feel like they are death metal. They're kind of deathcore, but not like deathcore. Like they've they've got a hardcore element to their death metal more than they're that not. Sounds they're, like Umbravita. Yeah. There's not they, well, vocally, I'd say they're more uh, well, vocally, musically, pretty much 100% death metal e, but then every now and again, there'll be like a, a kind of a, 
a break in it that you're like it doesn't fit the same way you'd expect it to. They're a good band. That album in particular, that's my favorite album by them. I think. What's it called? The Mechanics of Dysfunction. The, yeah, Mechanics of Dysfunction. Um, oh, that's a good that's, that's, that sounds good, man. It's good. You'll 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 probably like it. There's those, and there is uh, Misery Index. Do you know them? I know the Misery. I'm Similar misery to Misery Index. Index. Yeah. yeah, they're all. They, oh, okay. They, they used right. to play on the same kind of bills as as Misery Index. So, so yeah, so they'll be a bit like Carn Effects and stuff as well. Then. Yeah, maybe a little bit heavier, but um, mm. or maybe not even heavier. I don't even know if heavy is the right word, but there's there's something else to them. Carn Effects we spoke about before because I I couldn't get on board with that because of the electronic element. Mm. I'm it's, quite just like it. it's, it's not that I dislike them I just think it was unnecessary the, this is exactly my point with electronic um, like synth sounds and stuff in metal Viscera did it perfectly Yeah, uh, where it was mixed low you knew it was there You did. it wasn't mixed so low that you'd miss it and it had to be pointed out you knew it was there but you didn't actively think about what it was and consider it. Whereas yeah, I think Lamb to the Slaughter is about as far as I can go with it. That's about as high in the mix as I'll accept. Exactly. Go, Fucking exactly behave yourself, children. Exactly my point. And Carnifex, they push it in your face. It's top of the mix. And I'm like, that is not fucking necessary in this song. It was good till that came in. Lower <laughs> it in the mix and I'm on board. But don't fucking make a point of saying, look, we're a metal band that uses electronics. And I just, I don't know, I can't, I can't get on board with that electronic sound being prominent in the metal because it just, it takes something away from the song rather than adding to it. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's kind of leaning towards that whole black metal thing, isn't it? Like black metal is all about the synth. Um, and Very there's a few true. hardcore bands that have it. Like, um, oh, I always fucking forget the name when I'm trying to, um, they're, they've got a keyboard player, girl, a female a keyboard player called Marta, and I always forget the fucking name of the band. Um, I don't know what you mean. But anyway, uh, hang on, let me Google it, because it's going to piss me off if I don't remember it. While you Google that. Let me finish what I'm saying about me um, bands oh, yeah, I've been listening to anyway. Uh, metal. Um, yeah, so I was playing to, uh, I was listening to that band that I got put onto um, from listening to Viscera was Xenobiotic, they're called. Or Xenobiotic. Xenobiotic? Yeah. I'd, with an X? With an X. I wasn't massively into them. Um, they're all right, but it's it's not my cup of tea. Uh, it's like it, I mean I got put onto it from Viscera, so it's similar kind of in a way to that, but there's something in it that's just doesn't gel with me. I can't. Put I have my just on it. found them and uh, followed it, so I'll, I'll have a listen. Have to a that blast with that. Let you know next time um, we record. I was listening to Lama God for one day. I was listening to Metallica for a day. Oh yeah, I checked um, out. You mentioned last time. Um, fuck me, what's it? New Colossal Hate. Yeah. I hadn't heard that song. I listened to it the other day. Very Lama God. I haven't got anything to say about it other than that. It's Lama God. It is a hundred percent all Lama yeah. God all the time. <laughs> yeah, if if you like Lama God, man, yeah, it's great. And I like Lama God, so I liked it. Yeah. But it, what else can can you say about it? No, it's, that's it. I, you know I, I think everything they're releasing at the moment is fitting into the Lamb of God box. They're not trying to do anything different because they've made some changes. 
They don't yeah. want to do anything stupid and like push that ain't people a bad away. Thing. No, that ain't but a bad I think thing. next time like they'll, they'll maybe like start it. like changing some stuff. They might start advancing in other areas. I'm I'm kind of glad that there's not as much sing- at least in the tracks that they released. There's not as much singing. Because I didn't really like what oh, Randy yeah. was doing with the singing. I didn't feel no, it. It wasn't I what think, I was listening to Lamb of God for. Yeah, his his vocals are on for. He was on form the day he recorded uh, New Colossal Hate. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and sure. that's what you want to hear out of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, that was good. And I blasted a bit of Elvis because uh, I don't know why. You know, when we were playing the other day, um, when we were playing um, uh, oh, on, uh, Sniper uh, Elite. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had a real hankering for Elvis just before we started playing. So that's what I was listening to all the time. I was shooting you in the fucking face, pwning you fucking noobs. You totally were as well. <laughs> um, Elvis Apart is Apart from not when something... fucking... Um, who, who was it? Who, Gav, weren't Gav it? fucking came in and just started fucking... Oh, no, it was Jamie. Jamie, Jamie came yeah. in and just... He was playing on PC. And he wasn't even talking. He was like, he was like this silent sniper just fucking picking me off and then not even laughing at me. And I'm like, what is this? Cause he was using uh, that PS now thing. Yeah. Uh, on his PC. So he was doing it like mouse and keyboard and he was just fucking teaching us a lesson. He was yeah. showing us how you do that. Bleeding through was the band that's got Matt as the keyboard player. Oh yeah. 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 I know him. Yeah. Are they the dudes that played a lot? They're like proper pals with hate breed. Uh, yeah. There's those, so there's bleeding through. Uh, there is. Um, oh no, I'm thinking sick of it all. That's sick of it all. Also, yeah. yeah, sick of it all. Yeah. Super old school. Um, yeah. um, first Blood. They used to play. They, I mean, half of the band came from uh, Hatebreed and Terror. So, oh no, Terror, Terror, Mint. Yeah. Well, there's uh, like this whole kind of like incestuous scene where like. Uh, they're not all even from the same place, but they they share band members because ha- uh, Hatebreed are from like Connecticut, I think. Uh, but there's like this oh, whole like know. New York, LA, and it seems Connecticut kind of like sharing system that they have between band members. Yeah, San Francisco like- is where um, uh, First Blood's from. I like New York hardcore. I mean, Mad. I think Madball are probably my favourite hardcore band. Yeah, decent band for sure. And it still to this day fucking pisses me off that Infiltrate the System is not available on Spotify for some reason. It's not my favourite album, but yeah, it's I, like it, um, when I was listening. Uh, I love the production. Is the thing? It's it, it's, it's not got the best it's songs the tightest- on. Album and up until That's that point, it. at least, it's definitely the tightest recorded album. That's it. It's not got the best songs on, but you put that on and turn it up, and that is fuck it. That's what hardcore sounds like. And oh, I, I just, it's, I, oh, it genuinely fucking pains me that I can't listen to it in the car. I wish that shit was on Spotify. Motherfuckers. So bad. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 my my listening uh, experiences of the week and um, pet crushes of of, of uh, metal and hardcore from a bygone era. You know far more about the ins and outs of metal than I do. Oh, I've got a yawn on. And, I didn't uh, notice. It's okay. I think you got away with it. Yeah, I reckon I slipped that under the radar. Um, 
Yeah, you know far more about the ins and outs, and I think it's nice that while we're recording and, and this is going out, I can fully admit I'm not familiar with that band, and then you can tell me about the band, you know? Well, if I know about I like that. I, 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 there aren't many bands you don't know about, I don't think. Well, I didn't know about... Um... Umbra Vitae. What, Umbra Vitae, yeah. But to be fair, they literally just dropped the first record, and as soon as you looked them up, you knew everyone that, that was in the band. Yeah, it's weird, man. You know what I mean? I, 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 I honestly am very surprised that I've never heard of them. But uh, then I, I guess it's it. You'd only you only know what you kind of search for, what you see. Yeah, man. Completely. I reckon um, they, as a band, have, have maybe been under the radar because. Um, I wasn't familiar with them at all, and I would. My ear is not to the ground in the slightest. But when they were mentioned on "That's Not Metal," so I I looked them up and I found the same thing you did. Like hate breed guitarist, uh, job for a cowboy drummer, converge singer. It's like how did I had exactly the same thought as you? How did I not know about these this project beforehand? Yeah. Why have I only just heard about it after the album's dropped already? So, but I I really enjoyed it. It's proper death, proper death metal. But it's an odd it's an odd sound because it's still that Jacob Bannon vocal on top. That yeah. that converge hardcore vocal on converge. Never metal. my favorite band. I've, I mean, I've said this to my um, my mates who are like converge fanboys before. They, they're seminal. In a lot of ways, but I just yeah, I think they're very, very important in the scene. Yeah, but it's, it it was just too kind of like noisy and visceral to me. Like at the time that, when I was getting into it. Do you know what I like about it? It's, they're not one of my they're not my favorite hardcore band, but him and um, Frank from Gallows are my yeah. two favorite hardcore vocalists because they're they're he's 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 a lot like Frank from gallows in the way he screams it's from not deep and guttural no it's, it's not like, like he's got any kind of like form for it it's just yeah he's, he's just, just screaming, screaming. it's like rage <laughs> exactly it's pure rage and what's weird is over death metal it fucking works uh, i was i was into it man have a listen and next time we record tell me what you thought and um I th- I I dig yeah. it. I think maybe you'll like it. Um, I reckon it's your turn because I chose uh, Hope and Hindrance versus Obsidian. So I reckon next time it'll be your turn. Not that you're well, on the spot and you've got to choose it now. If you don't want, I mean, if you if you've got an idea, fucking put it to me, man. I'll have a look, and um, I'm not sure. I'm just gonna I'm gonna look at what new metal albums are out. And see if there's anything decent coming up by, or decent that's just come out by kind of established bands. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Sounds good, man. And um, I think we did a thing. We did a and, thing. I think um, it is the time to sign out, eh? I reckon so. So I'll do all the all the bullshit, the housekeeping and shit. We should yeah, probably man. do this at the top so we don't have to fuck around at the end like this. Yeah. So find us on Facebook. Uh, search heavy all caps or at Phil and Dave EA. You'll find us on Facebook, and then all of these links are pinned to the top of that page. But just so you know, you can tweet us at 
and underscore excellent. Um, you can hit us up on uh, email at philanddaveea at gmail.com. You've already, if you're listening to this and I'm telling you where to find us, this is a bit irrelevant, but you can get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the new Google Podcast platform. And in fact, basically any podcast platform, just search Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure. Um, if you feel inclined to donate, you can get us on Patreon, Bite Back Media, just search that on Patreon. Um, and possibly most important, is YouTube. Uh, again, just search Bright Back Media. Hit up our pals on the network. Uh, Wayne, who had to change his name recently. It's no longer the second turnbuckle. It is now the Wrestle Wrestle podcast. Um, I thought you were saying he had to change his name like fucking Joe, Joe Lysett changed his name. <laughs> yeah. to, um, Hugo no, what, what happened was... Um, <laughs> he had to go into hiding. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. He's in Whitsec. He's now called <laughs> He's now called Sydney and he lives in Texas. But <laughs> Which is confusing at the, <laughs> the best of times. Yeah, especially since I just referred to him as Wayne and then told everyone his new name and where he lives. Yeah. But um no, there was so there was a wrestling podcast already called um the second turnbuckle, but they Shut haven't done anything. They've had the name for like three years, but they haven't done anything with it. And then they just started producing podcasts. Fuck and from what from what I gather, it was just bad luck. Wayne put his first episode out two days before they did, but they've got proof that they actually had that name as a vlog three years ago. Did so, and how, so when they were vlogging uh, two or three years ago, did they actually release any videos? Yeah, yeah, they've they. I mean, it it all seems to have been resolved quite amicably. They got in touch with Wayne and said, you know, you've been putting podcasts out under this name, but we've been using it for years, and we are now going to put podcasts back out. We've just recorded like the first two episodes, um, and Wayne basically said, look, if you can, I did search. Uh, for the name to make sure it wasn't taken. I couldn't find anything. If you can prove that you had this name before me, because my episode has just come out, then I'll I'll change it. And they proved it. So he was like, right, fair enough. And he's changed his name to uh, the Wrestle, 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 Wrestle podcast. Yeah. Uh, so he's you can get he Wayne. Should change, he should have changed it to the uh, Not Real Wrestling podcast. Not Real like Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, wrestling, yeah. It's Not um, Real Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds Canadian as fuck. <laughs> and um yeah, so you can you can get us on all of those uh all that shit that I just said. You can get Wayne um on the Wrestle Wrestle podcast. If you if you dig on films and TV, you should definitely try uh Screen Masters again on all your your different podcast platforms and you can uh, find them on Facebook uh, at the Screen Masters. Uh, and all their links, again, up into the top of the page. What's most important about all of this is what wherever you find us, like it, subscribe, leave a, re- uh, a review. You, you've got no idea how much it helps for us to, to build um, in the algorithms on all of these different platforms when you get regular likes, subscribes, reviews, five stars, things like that. Do you know what? Just for my own entertainment, leave us bad reviews if you want, because I will fucking read them out. 
uh, on Mike. I just think it'll be funny, man. Just tell your friends if you like it, if you don't like it. Just keep commenting, keep joining in. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions, if there's something you want us to cover, um, fucking do that. I'm a bit pissed, so I, I'm just yeah, slurring. Too, I don't know what I'm talking about. If you like titties, there's Pornhub and X Hamster. Um, yeah, man, you can do that. And we if did you, a thing. If you, if you want to see pictures of dead bodies, you can do like um, Live Leak and Rotten.com and shit. The internet is, is Rotten.com a weird is still a thing. Place. Fucking hell. I remember that when I was like first learning about the internet. <laughs> Dude, I will never forget the first day I found out about Rotten.com and I saw a photo of a dude who had been hit by a fucking helicopter rotor blade. <laughs> Jesus. No, yeah. the first, first thing I ever saw on Rotten.com was uh, a guy who'd come off his bike and he had one of those open face helmets and he just like had his jaw ground off and his tongue was hanging out. <laughs> I like I don't want to laugh, but that sounds funny as fuck. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's horrific when you when you're like fucking fourteen. You're like, what the fuck I've, is this? <laughs> I'm I'm not squeamish at all, and I have seen some nasty shit. Like you know these terrorist beheading videos and stuff. Yeah, I, I, like, I avoid I'm, them like the plague. I don't go looking for them. Someone sent me one of them once, and my reply was, "Why the fuck did you send me that?" And and how did you even find it to send it to me? And why am I masturbating? Yeah, but well, I, I, you just ruined my joke because I was just going to say when I wiped the cum <laughs> off my chest, I was annoyed at him. <laughs> but but no, in all honesty, that was a true, not the wanking bit, but that was a true story. Someone sent me that once. And I'm, I got back to him and I'm like, why do you think I'd want to watch this? But his answer was, well, did you watch it? And I was like, yeah, of course I did. Because you, you sent it to me, so I opened the video. But why... I. I'm not denying I watched it. I want to know how you knew I'd watch it. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, yeah, I've seen some nasty shit. The internet is a fucked up place. So maybe we can bring a few laughs to it and, and, uh, brighten it up a little bit. Just you and me. It's just you and me, Phil, versus fucking the Kennedy assassination, the flat earthers, and fucking beheading videos. For sure, man. Peace out. Send nudes. Show us your titties. But I don't want to see no nudes. Unless it's unless two I, nudes. I was just going to say, unless it's you. Oh, you can have my nudes all day. Yeah, man. I sent you one earlier. It wasn't really my penis, not going to lie. To be fair, dick aside, I was genuinely offended because your watch was wrong. <laughs> like, we were just about to sit down and record at like 11 o'clock and... It said like 10 to 2 on that picture. I was like, for fuck's sake, man. Why are you even looking at your watch? It's so wrong. <laughs> How do you like my new watch? With fucking <laughs> underneath. Yeah, man. Right, fuck this. Right, fuck this I'm shit. Out. Yeah, me too. Have a have a lovely evening and week. And uh, fuck the shit. Layers, I'm out. Gone. Bye. <laughs>